Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 249. Is 249? You've Have you away. guys been recording without me? <laughs> yeah. Only a couple of times. No big deal. I know we said we put it on pause, but uh, we, <sighs> we didn't. You guys suck. 249 of episode Slamfire Radio something March 22nd. <laughs> Wait until he finds out Brian's been replacing him. <laughs> Not Bolivar. Nothing. Nothing. Never mind. Nothing. Carry on. Freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thumb hang out. <laughs> Click. All right. Yes. Hi. Welcome to Slamfire Radio. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Matthew, the Warning Shot McClatchy. I'm another one, Trevor the Filate. I'm Adriel, the Hunting Gear Guy. And no, Kelly. Kelly's muted. Kelly's muted. We didn't want to hear from Kelly anyway. Oh. Nope. She's just not uh, not going to talk. That's okay. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. Yeah, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier <laughs> firearms retailer. What are you laughing at? Kelly, she's still talking, and you can see the little mute oh. sign in the corner of her screen, but she's talking away. <laughs> <laughs> there, there she is, is oh. Kelly. Oh, hey. it's live now? Yeah, it is. Okay. I wasn't muted. I don't know what was happening. Hi, Matthew. Hi. I'm Kelly Lynn, the classy one. Hi, Kelly Lynn. How are you? Slightly confused one. <laughs> slightly confused, slightly late, you know, to the party, whatever. Well, the birthday girl. Though. The birthday girl. Can we two talk weeks. about that for a second? Two yeah, weeks. it's your birthday. Oh, it's in two weeks? Yeah. Oh, you just, you just celebrated, right? Well, in Michigan. Yeah. yeah well, oh, yeah. Well, and, okay, we're going to stipulate where you celebrated. You just celebrated a, bir- a birthday, right? So I think what she's saying is because she was with friends who she doesn't normally get to see, she celebrated her birthday early, even though it's not for another two weeks. I'm so glad you're back to mansplain things, Matthew. I was Matthew. just going to say. <laughs> There's been no mansplaining the whole time you were gone. Right. It needs to I'm be done. Wonder- I'm just wondering if you want to ask Kelly how old she's going to be. No. How old are you going to be, Kelly? 29. 29. <laughs> I was going to say 24, but, you know. Oh, that's why I'm missing you and I love you. Yes. Well, <laughs> screw you, Matthew. I was about to tell her she could pull it off. Welcome oh. back. Thanks for stealing thunder. I do what I can. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> We missed now you. Can we, yeah. <laughs> yes, Matthew. Now we can. Keep. Now we can keep going. All right. So, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. They have a Merlin 1895 GSBL 4570 for fourteen hundred dollars. Yes, it's technically thirteen hundred ninety nine dollars, but that's uh that would be a fun rifle to play with. Eight, 18 and a half GSBL. inch barrel. Hmm. What's that? GSBL. What's that one? Gas um, barrel. It's that's gas. the that's the semi-auto lever one, right? Gigantic single barrel lever. I made that up. Yeah. That's the gun and caliber <laughs> that Denis hunts bear with, and uh, it's also suitable for Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mm-hmm. I would think so. Forty-five seventy is a massive cartridge. Those things are awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's finished in a stainless steel with ferritic nitro carburizing finish. 
Hmm. Wow. Nitrocarburizing. You don't hear that word every day. It sounds like made up slam fire words. <laughs> <laughs> the stock is green with uh, black web painted laminate. Oh, this is just. Oh, go ahead. Fiber optic side shield uh, tap for receiver for uh, scope. Uh, six rounds capacity. Yeah, that's cool. How much um, ballistic gel would you need to simulate shooting a Tyrannosaurus Rex? All of it. Oh, my. Man. That'd be like really long, right? And you have to throw some like big bones in there. I mean, something like yep. cow bones or something like that. I don't think anyone else has tested the viability of like modern firearms for Tyrannosaurus Rex defense. We should, I don't know though. why this hasn't been done. We should yeah. do this. Should yeah. Do this. I think this well, is. Mm. Yeah. They had to do it for that movie, didn't they? The one where Steven Spielberg shot the yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex? Mm, mm-hmm. That was a Triceratops, Matthew. Oh, yes. You're right. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, Matthew, I'd like to talk about this next item, if I may. You may. The promo code at the Calgary Shooting Center is for Patreonies only. And thank you to those new Patreonies who signed up to take advantage of the promo code. However, the promo code is not what I thought it was going to be. So let's just say it'll be a surprise. How's that? <laughs> There's a promo code. Punch it in. See what you get. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be funner that way. Yeah. <laughs> but just know that it's not what I said it would be. Because apparently I thought it was all approved and live and stuff before permission was asked. I sometimes get ahead of myself. Look, yeah, I do seem to remember reading an email from somebody who was asking about the promo code where they had called up and said, hey, there's a promo code. And they're like, huh? (laughs) So then he he called them a communist and hung up probably. Which is what you should do in a situation like that. Absolutely. Promote capitalism. Cool. So. Was that it then? Yeah, Matthew, Matthew, what have you done in the past year and a half? It hasn't been that long. Feels like it. Um, had a baby. <laughs> oh, and guns. No, technically you didn't. No, I didn't have a baby. It wasn't we all did all the hard work. I don't know what the big deal was. Are we going to get to see baby? <laughs> well, I mean, it's an audio show, so I'm not sure how many people would actually see it. Do people like? Do people 11, actually watch 11, the 11, YouTube 13. thing after? There are people watching right now. Oh, now there's nine. Maybe it's a sign. Oh, maybe they don't want to see the baby. (laughs) They hung up. Yep. This is a baby warning shot right here. (laughs) I should say I wasn't shooting no blanks when she came along. (laughs) That was one of those warning shots that you missed? (laughs) Yes. Certainly missed this warning shot. (laughs) So any any of you who are listening to uh, this episode this week and not watching via YouTube, you can go check her out on YouTube if you like. Or just skip ahead another five seconds, and uh, we'll go back to guns. Matthew, I, yeah. I don't want to steal from the baby thunder. My phone just Do rang it. while you were showing yeah. off the baby, so I muted it. Yeah. And it was Mike Islin. And Mike Islin, host of the Reloading Podcast that I'm supposed to be a host on, but miss more often than not. Anyway, uh, so he calls me, and I'm like, what are you doing, Mike? You know we're recording live. And he's like, I just thought you wanted to cool- hear the coolest sound ever. And the SOB hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah that's you, win this round. you win this round mike oh, oh. Uh, i just want to hear him vibrating <laughs> thank you for that i think he won yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so yeah what have i done in guns recently i uh, this okay now bear with me so i my nephews came up on march break and my nephews and, and I, we do, we do things that 12-year-olds do on many occasions. We, we aren't terribly mature. Go-karts and four-wheelers getting stuck in snow and smashing them into telephone poles and breaking them and fixing them and all that fun stuff. So anyway, we decided to make this sort of like toboggan course through the woods. Um, 
like through trees and stuff. And so we did this and we're like, well, we got to like share this on YouTube. So we had cameras everywhere. So we had like four or five different camera angles. And the thing is, nobody's phone had enough memory to record for like 30 minutes at a time. So we couldn't synchronize the cameras just once. We had to synchronize them for every run. Well, how, I mean, the run was like a half a kilometer long. So how are we going to do that? This is where the guns come in. So I went in and got a shotgun Uh, and one person stood in the middle of the course and fired a shotgun off every time it was time for somebody to go. Good news. That person had a hunting license and they were shooting appropriately uh, uh, sized ammunition and no laws were broken. But uh, yeah, so I used a shotgun and that's all I've done with guns in the last six months. And, I, and for the record, and I, I couldn't figure out why the shotgun <laughs> was going off, but that shotgun, makes more sense. That was the sync. That was, that's yeah. how I synchronized all five of the cameras or four of the cameras, whatever they were. So mm-hmm. it worked perfectly. But yeah, that was basically it, just to synchronize cameras. So yeah, I've used, I've used guns recently to synchronize some cameras. <laughs> that's basically all I've done with guns lately. <laughs> so I guess, um, I guess that brings us to the next person who's going to talk about that, which would be Trevor. What have you done with guns recently? Um, I did, I finally actually got to do some shooting, um, long, long busy weekend, Saturday started off by traveling to the Miramichi for an Ipswich, New Brunswick executive meeting. When that wrapped up, Muffin and I kept on trucking to Captain Andy's and we shot a level two indoor match at the AMA range in Dartmouth and I won. Um, thank you. Thank you. Good. Were the, Good were you the only person in your, in your division? Uh, <laughs> aha uh-huh. it's so much better than that Adriel. you have no idea so i'm walking around the range right and i'm like holy geez i i haven't done any dry fire because i had surgery on my left hand i can't change mags oh you start with the excuses already i haven't shot a gun since december and that was just my narinko to test fire and it didn't even work oh you're starting with the excuses already and uh i was stretching before the match one of the guys like really you stretch i'm like i've basically been a couch potato since I got booted from a three-gun match in October, yes, I will hurt something if I don't stretch. Anyway, um, I, I, I literally dry-fired for 25 minutes Friday night before the match, or uh, Friday night before I left for the for Nova Scotia. And um, so things, you know, things were, I, th- I figured things would be rusty, but uh, draws picked up as the day went on. Um, but right, up, right out of the gate, I was... Now, my stage plans all worked. I was moving the way I wanted to move. I was shooting on the move. I had literally two fumbles and one mic in the whole match. So there was one case where I was shooting three minis on the move, and I moved my feet moved faster than my gun, and I hadn't finished shooting two shots on the last mini, and I kind of had to pause for a split second of the videos on Instagram of me kind of like going back, presenting the gun to target again and getting the second shot off, and then off I went. And then there's one, one other stage. This is how, like good my day was going i didn't stop in the exact correct position i had to take an extra half step that's how well my stage plans went like i was able to tear it apart that much and say well if i had stopped here instead of here then i would have had two shooting positions from one location not had the half step and not slowed down my mag change so however i still thought that my performance was only good enough for third or fourth place given the fact that you know i haven't shot all winter um my speed was good and my movement was good and my stage plans were good, but I didn't feel like my accuracy was very good. Um, the uh, alpha count was quite low, lower than normal, but I made up for it in speed. So I ended up first place in classic division and fourth place overall. So first place and second place were two open shooters and third place was 
um, that uh, production guy. He shot the pre-match with us one day, Matthew, a couple years ago, Fabris. Uh, yeah, I don't remember I, his last name, but I remember the yeah. guy. He was a really cool yeah. guy and a fast shooter. Holy cow, he was very good. fast shooter, military yeah. guy, right? So he was third, and I was fourth overall. So in classic, uh, I beat the likes of Sean Hansen and Jim Smith. So Sean is Sean and Jim are two of the best shooters in Atlanta, Canada, if not the best shooters in Atlanta Canada. Certainly in production and classic, uh, I just uh, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I'm still kind of going, uh huh. <laughs> Did they shoot really bad or what? But then I looked at their times and, you know, I was 85 seconds. Jim was 83 seconds. Sean was 98 seconds. And then everybody else was 104 or 105, stuff like that. So uh, it was awesome. I was pretty pumped about that. And um, Muffin shot well, too. He, uh, I, I brought both my guns. He used my standard gun. And then he picked up his own um classic gun he bought a gun well he bought a gun from lorette i technically have it right now because somebody let their license expire so um lorette transferred the mat or uh, mcintyre paid for it but lorette transferred it to me so for those of you that are fortunate enough to be watching us live this is muffin's new gat it's a tricked out sti spartan that lorette had worked on um needs some better grips obviously i put an extra magwell on that i had but it's got the dts safeties and a um cylinder and a slide trigger kit very very nice very very nice andy did the trigger job captain andy and uh so yeah so hopefully in the future the new brunswick classic team will be myself lorette and uh and, and the muffinator so the um what else i like it yeah, i just made that up <laughs> <laughs> uh, um oh i cleaned this where is it uh again if you're fortunate enough to be watching um We'll tell the people what it is. Yeah, I'm just trying to get the uh, camera back up here. Spencer, the whale. I'm sorry. I know you said we should describe things better because it's not everybody watches the video. But anyway, this is that 19. This is that 1945 Tokarev TT33 that I was talking about. All matching numbers, including one of the magazines here, has the matching serial number on it. Has the lanyard loop on the on the gun. There's actually a lanyard on the holster, so the gun goes into the holster. And this lanyard, I don't know if you can hear that, this lanyard hooks onto the lanyard loop on the frame of the gun. Because, I don't know, Russians didn't like dropping their guns or something? I don't know. Anyway, the gun is, is in immaculate condition. And like, I'm going to get really, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Like the SVT-40 is a better design than the Grand. This is a better design than 1911. And I know Matthew's going to go, it doesn't take obviously. much to be better yeah, than, I mean, the it's than the 1911. The ergonomics are worse, but other than that, it's an improved upon design. It's a simpler design than the 1911, but it's a it's a real, real ripoff. It's Russia's 1911. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. like I said, the ergonomics suck, but the, um, the, the ammo that it takes is better than 45 ACP. It's got a snappy, snappy little round that it will penetrate body armor. The stock sights are better than stock 1911 sights from that era, of course. Um, yeah, even, you know, it's a European pistol, Russian anyway, uh, but it has that American-style magazine release. The trigger group is simplified. I don't really like how the hammer is on it, but anyway, um, I'm a lot more impressed with it. I think for its time, it was ahead of its time. So um, what else? Did you, get a, did you get a couple thousand rounds for it? Uh, there are 2,000 rounds of Cellier and Bellet on order. Brass case, non-corrosive, 18 cents a round. Yep. Nice. That's, that's that's why you buy one of those. Yeah. You buy 25 is cheap. 
cheap and this is non-corrosive too mm -hmm. so uh, i'm in i'm all about it um i set up a new pistol shelf behind me i'm not sure if people can see that or not um the way that the pistol shelf used to be the stands were Andrew, you want to share my screen or something yeah i can lock it to you all right so oh, that's, oh, that's you you're uh, you're locked on you <laughs> there we go all right so the way the uh and if you can see the calendar, you'll you'll recognize that right away. It doesn't seem to the months don't change on my calendar. I'm not sure why that is or how that works, but I'm not a calendar scientist, so I just leave it. Um, so this, these stands come from Amazon. You get like three of them for thirty bucks by the time shipping and tax and whatnot is. And they used to be at an angle, and I couldn't get as many on there. Now, in fairness, the shelf is longer, um, but I also straightened them out. So now I think there's a total of thirteen or fourteen on there, which. Um, yeah, works a lot better. And then I've got these, my pistol cases stacked on the shelves below. So the gun room is slowly coming together um, every so often, a little bit at a time. So uh, what else have I done? Uh, stuff and things. Oh, um, yeah. I'm simultaneously planning five black badge classes. I'll be teaching a black badge class. Matthew, I hope you're in for this one in Woodstock in April. And I want to be, yeah. The following weekend, May 4th, 5th, and 6th, I'm teaching a black badge in the Miramichi. The weekend after that, I'm teaching a black badge class in Hampton. The weekend after that, we're actually putting a black badge on on Filthy's range, um, something we've talked about doing many times over the years where wasn't able to pull it together. Well, I had a free weekend, so hey, <laughs> have black badge, we'll travel. Um, the weekend after Filthy's range, we are in Restigush. Yeah, so one in April and four in May. So big shout out to Paul Lombard from Woodstock, who's helping organize it. Um, Ted Duguay, who doesn't know yet, but he's helping organize it. The Miramichi, of course, Filthy, uh, or actually Richard Telesnicki, the New Brunswick uh, section coordinator for IPSC, is helping with the, with the uh, Hampton one. And Filthy, of course, is helping with the um, Fredericton one. And I'm handling the uh, the rest of this one with uh, some of the volunteers from around here. So super busy and then we'll be into june and uh we all know what's going on in june at the steel challenge anyway goes on 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 and tomorrow after work i head for st john uh where i'm going to be teaching my last ro class of the winter so that'll be my third ro i did one cro and three arrows unfortunately um i was talking last week that i might have something cool to announce i thought i was going to get to go to new uh, newfoundland to teach a CRO course and train one of their um, instructors how to teach the RO course, but it's too short notice. The flights are too expensive and Easter work Easter weekend because I'm a heathen with no children. Easter weekend for me is just another weekend, but apparently not so much. There are families and stuff in Newfoundland that want to do things that aren't IPSC related on weekends. Lame, I know, but this is how it is. So I'm not going to go. Adriel, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, oh, I don't know. Stuff and things. Um, we oh, yeah, to, stuff and uh, things. A dipping blocks in, in compound and, <laughs> and cement and, and then covering it in sparkle. Yeah, uh, sparkle glock. I'll get to that. Things. Okay. Um, okay, so I went to, uh, we did a, like a skills and drills day at, uh, at Three Gun on Saturday. Uh, I thought we'd had like 10 or 20 people out. Uh, we had like 20 people say yes to the Facebook event thing. And we had uh, four, 48 people show up. Jeebus to, uh, to shoot some targets. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was busy and, uh, most of them hadn't shot three gun before. <sighs> now we've got a whole pile of people who are like really interested in this, uh, which is cool. Um, our match this weekend, we have 55 people registered. 
Uh, so that's a, a again a, a pretty big match. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, my A five um, was kind of like acting up with. I was I was running some uh, some score ammo, and uh, it was uh, short stroking on it. So um, I'm not going to run score ammo. I'm going to run something else. This is just some stuff I got from wholesale sports. So it, it just might be that I need to get uh, uh, heavier duty stuff, but uh, it wasn't running for me. So whatever. Uh, I chopped the recoil spring on my a- a- A5 in anger. <laughs> so I cut some <laughs> off of it. So it'll uh, not short stroke maybe. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to be able to shoot it until I have the match on Saturday. So hopefully it runs. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Glock loved it. Uh, I haven't I haven't shot it in a while, and uh, oh, it's so good. So what I ended up doing is a couple things. I, I ran through about three hundred rounds at the range, doing a couple different drills. Um, it was great. Tracking is really good. The reset, uh, the sights are coming right back on target right after I shoot, so uh, it's perfect for the ammo I'm running. Um, the grip was a little bit small, and it was starting to hit me on the the knuckle right here. It was starting to just get in there, and there wasn't really a lot. I, I just have like normal size hands, I guess, but. Um, the small grip wasn't enough. So I added the large beaver tail one. Uh, and that one felt really good. That's a lot more, uh, room for the, for my hands on the pistol. And then I did a couple of other things. I got, got a little bit crazy with it. Uh, one of the things you can a do a little a, bit, <laughs> a little bit. Um, I added a something. say again, sorry. You went full something, something. Yeah. I went full something, something. Uh, <laughs> I was actually looking around at a, at a couple of different, um, tricked out Glocks uh, online. And uh, th- this is my competition Glock, right? Just three gun. That's all I use it for. We don't have concealed carry out here. Uh, so it can be as impractical for regular use as long as it's just excellent for three gun. Um, one of the things I did was add a double undercut. So that's this cut here and this cut here. And that's so that you can get your hand up uh, a little bit higher on the gun. And so that this, uh, uh, you got a little bit more room to kind of squeeze in this uh, left hand a little bit more. So and the other was, done. I glittered it up. Oh my god! Oh, bedazzled. Yeah. But you didn't take off the finger grooves. No, I didn't take off the finger grooves. That's one of the like things you can do. I, he's, yeah, one of, he's one of the weird people where the finger grooves actually fit him properly. Yeah, they fit really. There's like, six people in the world that they right fit. There. Boop, yeah. boop, boop. They're perfect. So yeah, no. I didn't really feel like it. But uh, I could have done that very easily once I <laughs> I had my Dremel out with that uh, with the high grit uh, drum on it, and it was like it was taking some material off. <laughs> the, Maybe uh, I should send my gun to you instead of Black Box Customs because Black Box Customs is waiting for me to send mine out, and you know they remove the grips, but they do that double cut under the yeah. trigger guard. Let me see yours again because it looks fantastic, just like that. Boop, boop, boop. Maybe I can get it to focus on there. Oh, I could see it, but yeah. It, it's it's very shallow here. I didn't go too deep on the second one. This really? one's pretty deep. This one, like you, you can see, the material left over there is there isn't a whole lot left over the there. The one furthest forward on the trigger guard seems to be the one you removed the most from. But you're saying no? Oh, I didn't. I but I you could. No, no. Could. It looks like there's enough gone. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I did. I did that. That's actually really quick. You just this is all like Dremel with a drum kind of a thing. The Dremel yeah. with the drum. Boom. Right there. Boom over here to to cut that out a little bit, and uh, uh, I opted okay. to take off you the uh, the grip bumps just to okay. give it a more smooth surface. Um, I'm do that drum with the drum trick to one of my 1911s because I like the undercut 1911. Oh yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, let's see. 
What else did I do this thing? Okay, that. Okay, so the silicone carbide, that's this sparkly stuff that's going on here. Um, normally, you would uh, throw on like some grip tape or something like that. Uh, grip tape can peel off. I haven't had it peel off any of my guns. Uh, I've what had it peel off before, and I've had it wear out as well. So it, okay. it, you got to get the high-quality stuff, and it will sometimes peel off if you, mm-hmm. you don't get it on real good. So Yeah, I had some good um, skateboard tape, but I was running low on it, and I didn't have enough to do the whole grip. Uh, I went to Princess Auto and I found this uh, anti-slip mat stuff you'd put on like a boat or something like that, but it was way too aggressive. Like the the, ch- the chunks of rock on there were were like razor sharp, <laughs> and uh, and would not be good for your hands. So the, the blood helps congeal your hand to the grip. <laughs> yeah, this this one's wearing my hand pretty good too. So <laughs> I, I definitely build need up to, some good uh, calluses here real quick. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so, um, the idea with this is you, you put a a light coating of epoxy, uh, use like a brush or like one of those foam brushes with some 15 minute epoxy, put it on the places you want, sprinkle on some of this, um, silicone carbide. Yeah. Glitter. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very pretty. What's it going to take for me to get that magwell? Uh, oh no, you can't have it. (laughs) <laughs> i love this magwell. it's like the last magwell in the country and you know what like all the all the glocks i was looking at to um uh, figure out what i should do for this grip they all had that same zev uh aluminum ma- uh, magwell with the brass insert so is oh is that one aluminum with brass it's not solid brass i think it's aluminum with brass oh that's too bad mine mine on my glock 35 was all brass Ooh. Yeah, that would add some weight. But that's expensive these days. Also, I notice you don't have the full-length guide rod in that. You can get an uncaptured full-length guide rod that goes right to the end of the slide. Yeah, and add on like two ounces or something like that. I feel like I added on some weight with this sparkle stuff here. This is basically like road. Anyways, so yeah, this thing thing is like real grippy now. It's it's not moving anywhere. Um, It's not coming off because it's epoxied on there, so... Unlike your grip tape that might come off, this stuff won't. And uh, I don't know what my, what my odds are of it wearing out. Um, I guess it could. It's actually very easy to repair. If you miss a little spot or something like that, you just throw a little bit more epoxy on there and sprinkle a little bit more um, silicone carbide on there and you're good to go. So uh, that was my big project yesterday. Uh, I, I went live on YouTube just to kind of show it and and show how I did it and all that kind of thing. So if you're interested, check it out on YouTube. Um it's uh, it's a pretty quick thing. It's permanent. So <laughs> if you care about the resale on your gun, don't go bedazzling it uh, with, uh, you know, this this is actually rock. This is rock tumbler grit. This is for like polishing rocks. And now it will be making sure my gun doesn't slip in my hands. Uh, I let's like see it. Here. It looks good. And I you did a good job on it. And I think it's going to be really grippy for you. That's a great I could have I could have done a nicer job. Like I opted for straight lines on it just because I, I was lazy and I'm not artistic and I have like no patience for details. There's nothing wrong with straight lines, man. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's function over form. You're oh, yeah. putting glitter That's... on a Glock and claiming to not be artistic. <laughs> I'm going to have the prettiest Glock on the line, Trevor. You are, buddy. <laughs> no one's going to mistake it for their own. That's for sure. I ain't. I, that's mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ow, this thing hurts my hands. Anyways, uh, let's see here. So YouTube and, and actually a couple of different places have been have been going anti-gun recently. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, YouTube's been making some noise about that. Uh, so I've been trying some different uh, website hosts to uh, try some things out. I tried BitChute, which is like a 
it's not open source. It's like a, it uses torrent technology to uh, send out the videos, but it's not HD. Um, so I put my videos on Pornhub because they are HD. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a channel over there. I'm uh, I'm a star of Pornhub, I guess. Now, so you're you've given gun porn a whole new meaning. <laughs> Well, you know, for some guys, it's like now now it's a one-stop shop, right? You just, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I believe I said that when you sent me a message. Yeah. Wait, you're not kidding? No, no I'm not, not kidding. kidding. That's, that's a real link. That's a real link there. And then he, he sends me the link, Matthew, and says, obviously not safe for work. <laughs> but now you're curious. That's the it's funniest like, thing I've heard all day. Yeah. Is, oh, Adrian, is, is, is he doing making porn? No, it's they're just gun videos. They're just hosted yeah. on an alternative host. You think about it. I mean, their video hosting infrastructure is fantastic. They do <laughs> HD. It's free. It, you know, you know. You know a lot about Pornhub. <laughs> More than and any you other don't. Host. And you don't. Come on. Let's I, get real here. I right. didn't know that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I sold the Savage 64 and one of my Grizzly MagFed shotguns, so that's good. Just slowly whittling things down, and I have a buyer that's potentially looking at that GP100, and uh, and that's pretty much it. I've got a match coming up on Saturday here again that's got a whole pile of people. I'll be ROing the, uh, the shotgun. Um, Trevor, did you have something that you wanted to mention there? Thank you, Adriel. I apologize. I forgot uh, to write it in the show notes. Um, our member of parliament, Renee Arsenault, called um, his secretary, called Jason, the president of the Rescue Gun Club, Muffin, on um, Monday or Tuesday, asking if he could meet with the executive through teleconference at his office. So when we arrived, um, CPAC was still going and they were still in the on the floor and then next thing you know he's basically running to his office on the hill and uh started skyping with us and i just you know i have to he is a liberal um and his brother and son are both customers of denis we brought denis with us although technically not on the executive he's definitely a stakeholder in the community as a business owner he's the only one in our region that sells restricted firearms so um I got some talking points ahead of time from Rod and Tracy and uh, yeah, they called us the day before. So we went there and he gave us an hour of his time, uh, but boy, he wasn't ready for me. Mm. He didn't know what hit him. I mean, uh, I, you know, I had to, I was, I don't know. He obviously is just repeating the rhetoric that they're telling him. And he wanted to hear from actual gun owners and what their concerns were. But I think he was expecting this sucks. No more gun control. But of course he got a lot more than that. He got history and background and the way it was and the way that they're trying to bamboozle us on a couple of things. So a couple of the highlights that I discussed with him were these new enhanced background checks going for a life history, including into childhood, Oof, there's some there's some privacy issues there. It's got it's going way too far. If you feel the need to increase it, go from five years to ten years, right? If you can not be mentally ill for ten years at a time, not hurt anybody or yourself for ten years at a time, you're probably in the clear. Um, he didn't know about the application process and how much checking actually goes into it now. Um, but the biggest thing I wanted to impress upon him was the fact that the, this bill will eliminate the oversight committee from the RCMP. The RCMP already controls classification, but if this goes through, 
there'll be no checks and balances, no oversight committee. They can move whatever they want from any category to another without uh, running it by anyone. And I find that very frightening. Well, as long and, as they had, if they had some like rules that made sense or didn't have interpretation and were like very clear cut, it wouldn't be a bad thing. If we had like, yeah. I think, um, Oh, CTC supplies. And just a, a couple of years ago, someone was trying to push uh, a simplified, restricted, non-restricted, prohibited uh, setup where it went off like length and uh, whether it was semi-auto or not. And then that's it. Yeah. Uh, and if, if if they had just that, then who cares who's administering the program? Because yeah. the laws make sense. But right. because they don't make sense, like it's such a risk for anyone really to to control that. Yeah. And then the other thing was, you know, we, I tried to, and I wasn't very good at articulating this part. I'm a lot more familiar with the um, details today than I was last night, unfortunately. But the backdoor registry that's being created, you can no longer just give a restricted firearm to some or a non-restricted firearm to someone by simply calling in and verifying their number. Now you're initiating a transfer. You're getting a transfer number. The people who are recording this information are referred to as the registrar. It's all back with the exception of a registration certificate for the firearm. So the infrastructure is being put back in place. They better make this online. This is some BS. Oh, like having, they tried calling to, in like it, like what the heck? You know what they said? And he, he was convinced of this. He said, but it only takes, oh, well, we're going back to the paper ATT. So I brought that up again. And I said, not having the piece of paper didn't change the law. I still was not allowed to deviate from the most direct route possible. All we did by getting rid of the piece of paper was save millions of dollars. The law didn't change. So I tried to explain mm -hmm. that to him. Um, but the, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought on that. What did you say? Oh, so uh, calling in, calling in for the transfer. When um, people were, were arguing that calling for an ATT to get to the gunsmith was going to be a pain in the butt, they said, it only takes three minutes. We tested it. No, no, no. They are bamboozling you. They may have been on hold for three minutes and may have spoke to a human being in three minutes, but when do I get the paper? Oh, what do you mean? It's not just about a phone call. They have to now send me a legal document to, to use to transport the firearm. When does that arrive? And his eyes opened up. He's like, oh, huh. I was being spoken to in half-truths and not whole-truths. So anyway, um, that aside, who else can say they're MP? called their gun club and said, I'd like to meet with you to discuss this. The, our MP recognizes the impact on the uh, local economy the Rescuers Gun Club has. He knows we're a stakeholder in the, in the community, and he showed respect by calling us and saying, come on, let, let, come on in, sit down, and let's talk. Yeah, so, very cool. Yeah, kudos to him. Thank you. Kelly, I think that's uh, you now. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, it's all robot, though. Really? Yep. Bad. All right. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to hang up and call you back. Okay. Can you hear we'll me? Just uh, we'll dance or something in the in the meantime. Do like a webcam show. I'm afraid <laughs> with your porn sites. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm good. Yeah, I've got my uh, my other peers and uh, channel hosts that uh, have to pull on for experience now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so um, do we want to just go ahead and do upcoming events then while we wait for Kelly to come back? Nope. We're okay. just we're gonna just, just kill gonna time and edit yeah. it. Yeah, Kelly, go ahead. Oh, okay. and hang out. There she goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the live people get the extra, and the everybody right. else is gonna get the edited version. Yeah. Well, that's cool. edited version. I'm not, I'm not I think editing. Trevor Trevor's just messing around. We're gonna kill time. <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> no, no, no editing. Come on. What are you talking yeah. about? 
All right, so so, so grippy. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's like holding a rock. <laughs> it's got to be so grippy, man. I I wish you could just like send that to me through the screen because I want to oh. feel how grippy that is. Just hang you want to grip Adriel's Glock? Want, yeah. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Welcome to episode two hundred fifty-nine. We're starting again, by the way. Oh, are we? No. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> So what when did you do in guns this week? So this week, I haven't been on for two weeks. So it's been... Neither have I. It's been two weeks for me too. Plus like a hundred more. <laughs> I know. I went to the uh, the Canadian Rimfire Precision Series. And apparently, I just looked at and take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so Rick had actually asked me to go. And I said, sure, I'll come. And then he sent me the practice score link. And all that was on the practice score link was the address, which I knew. Uh, about because it's at the uh, uh, Jim Johnson and Corey Johnson's ranch. So I showed up on Saturday and he goes, Oh, you're here. And I said, well, yeah, I said I was coming. And he says, here, can you take pictures? And can you make sure that all the, you know, everybody's signed their waivers? I'm going, sure. <laughs> so I was supposed to take pictures now. Yeah. So I, I heard the show you guys were on last week and talking about the fact that, you know, Anyways, there was no pictures. So I was given a camera and yes, I did not check halfway through or when I was taking pictures that the actual pictures were taking, you know, that that they actually were pictures. It was so overexposed. Oh. Yes. So it wasn't, an it, it wasn't my camera. I I just point and shoot. Oh <laughs> you're telling of the story is way better than Earth. Yeah, anyways, but it is my fault because you know what? It's just like with guns, right? You make sure that you are familiar with the gun. You make sure you're familiar with the camera. It's one that I used usually at Maple Seeds. I usually take all the pictures at the Maple Seeds too. But So you were familiar with it. Yeah, but it's usually, it's Rick's camera, and he's usually gets it all set up for me. But anyways, so I didn't check, and at the end of it, there was no pictures. So Oops. I, I suck. But it was awful fun. It was freaking cold. And by the way, when you said, you know, look cute and take pictures. Yeah, I had snot sickles. It was that cold. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> there goes my image. <laughs> Anyways, so I apologize to everybody, but it was great. I saw um, Greg uh, May and Greg's watching as well right now. So, hey, Greg. Um, I got to see Chris Hind, uh, who's also a listener. Um uh, Ryan McLean was there, and it was great because he was using the same rifle that his daughter, who is seven years old, used at uh, the U shoot and Barry. It was awesome. If you've ever seen Ryan McLean, he's like huge. Anyways, um, and I said to him, "Hey, I know that rifle." He goes, "Yeah." Anyways, what else did I do? Oh, the next day, because uh, Brian and I were chatting, and Brian, uh, Brian was. Brian was actually really into it and he had a great time too. Um, but he was trying to read the wind and I said, Oh, it looks like it's, you know, you, it's one MOA. And he looked at me kind of going like, what the hell are you talking about? You don't know anything about wind. And I'm going, well, I'm trying to figure it out. Like I'm anyways. So he's, so I brought a Kestrel. I was looking at his and I was reading it and I'm going, yeah, it's one MOA. Anyway. So you make adjustments based on windage and that as well. Uh, so I went the next day because I didn't get to shoot. I went the next day and I went out to Frontenac and I took the uh, Ruger American Rimfire that we created out with the MDT chassis. It's beautiful, by the way. And I shot 
a bunch of different ammo. I decided I was going to test some ammo, some cheapy stuff and some not so cheapy stuff to see which worked best in it. And I did it at 50 and I did it at 100 as well. And I found out that the Aguila um, that I like to use is not the best one for it. So um, the high velocity, it actually opens up a little bit. Uh, the, um, the standard velocity was the best. I actually had... Uh, one hole of yards. So I've always had really good luck with standard velocity ammo. It seems to just yep. do so much better. Yep. And that was it. The The further I went out, the better the standard velocity was. And that's what yeah. I was actually picking up. Like I was listening to the guys as they were chatting and I was trying to pick up what they were, what they were talking about. These are guys that actually do this a lot. Right. So I was listening to um, Ken Thiessen and Ryan McLean and, yeah, it kind of made sense. So I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the range. I'm going to go and I'm just going to bring a bunch of ammo. Just, you know, I got a, we got enough 22 ammo down in the basement Pardon? that Pardon? we've got, we got, an, uh, hello? You, no, no, there's no <laughs> such thing as enough. There's never enough. Well, we Unless. have, uh, no, we don't Unless have you're enough. swimming. Or on fire. <laughs> Anyways, so I took a whole bunch of different, um, a whole bunch of different uh, brands and, as I said, standard velocity. Uh, the Ely rep was rep that was there as well, and I wanted to actually try out some of that too, but I'll have to do that next time. Uh, when we go to the charity shoot, there's going to be some Ely stuff there, so maybe I'll, I'll try it there. So uh, what did I do the next week? So that I went to Michigan because, you know, party with – birthday party with the, the girls down south. Um I was in a car for 10 hours with someone who is a non-gunny. So what did we talk about? We guns. talked about guns, right? Yeah. And by the, shoes. You talked about <laughs> shoes. So by the time we were done, um, she's actually is a fence sitter. She was somebody who it, she went, helped out at the charity shoot, actually, that we ran in Brockville. Um, and she is ex-military as well. So she shot firearms before, but she's not really a gunny. She didn't really... She's not really supportive of other people other than military and police um, having guns. So she had some questions and they were really good questions. And we chatted about it. We chatted about school shootings. We chatted about um, CCW. We chatted about actually, she wanted to know more about the Stanley case and what I thought about it. And I said, well, listen, I thought you wouldn't like listening to Slamfire, but guess who we have on this week? So I put it on. And we listened to it and she had some more questions and it was, it was so like, I didn't even know we passed through Toronto by the time we did, because we were so into the conversation. It was kind of like, I was thinking about it and I, I said, it's kind of like she asked one question and if it was Trevor, it's like pushing the go button. Right. It was just like, we just, anyways. So by the time she was done or by the time we got down to Michigan, she was somebody who thinks CCW is it's a good idea that we should be able to carry and protect ourselves and our property. And I'm going, well, we're in Canada. We can't do that. However, you know what? It's something, you know, that, and she's supportive of it. I'm going, that's really great. It's Well, that, isn't it interesting that you, it, it doesn't, I've had that experience with many people too. You, they start off completely against the idea and within a half an hour, even sometimes they have completely switched sides because it's not, it's not an emotional-based argument. Yeah. It's a simple right. logic-based right. argument. Yeah. It's not These a are CBC. the facts. Yeah, it's not a CBC trying to scare right. them news piece. That's well, right. She, and well, it's interactive. Right. Well, she was locked in my car. I was going 130. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't get 
it out. Uh, that's so awesome. But she asked the question, and she goes, yeah. "She goes, so what do you think of the school shootings?" And then I was just off. And right? Kelly hit the lock button. <laughs> click, click. So and now we're I, gonna talk. At the end of it, I said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And she goes, "No, I asked the question, and I wanted to know your view." And she says, "It makes sense." And here's my views now. It's changed my ideas about this. He, so it was great. And all it was was just somebody asking a question and being open to it, right? That's it. Anyways. Very cool. So while we were down in Michigan, we didn't get to shoot. So that was that was sad. But we did go to Freedom Firearms. Um, they had We were looking for something. I was looking for a, a new pistol grip, but they didn't have it. So I got a sticker instead, which is on my car, which is cool. Um, but while I was there, there was a couple of sketchy guys that came in. And by the way, it's in the sketchiest neighborhood ever. Um, but one guy came in with another guy, and they're going over to the high points. And the high points are about 120 <laughs> bucks, right? And they, one guy's talking to the other guy saying, you know what? It's an excellent choice. It gets a bad rap and everything like that. But you know what? It fires most of the time. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, yeah, because that's what you want, consistency, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so it fires most of the time. And, yeah. That's um, hilarious. For 120 bucks. And, uh, yeah. So there was six women, you know, ranging from 70-ish, 70-ish, down to, you know, 35-ish, 24. Because <laughs> uh, you're 24, remember? Yeah. Kelly, yeah. come on. Yes. And all of us were in there, and it was so cute. All the guys were, you know, trying to follow over us and see if they could help us. But, yeah. Anyways. Um, the last thing that we did is Project Maple Seed. We have released a lot of events. So, if you haven't gotten notices for them, you'll be getting more notices in the next probably week. So, sign up. If you're within a couple of hours and you want to go to a um, Maple Seed, sign up. Because it's not guaranteed that we'll be getting to your neighborhood. So... That's it. I'm supposed to go back to Adriel, it looks like. Adriel? Huh? It says, please no. come back to me I, when you're finished. Message. No. Oh. Right, move on. Never mind. So, I'm just I, that was Kelly, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't put it in. Uh, yeah, sorry. My bad. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was just about to make an italics joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you ruined it for me. Now I won't. Uh, it's like we finish each other's sandwiches. sandwiches. Oh, I love sandwiches. I could eat. I missed you, Matthew. I missed me too. <laughs> Anyways, are you done? It, yeah, oh. I'm done. If yeah, it fires most of the time. It fires. That should be the tagline of this week's episode. It just fires like most Matthew. of the time, just like if me. It, if we most could get them up for 110 bucks, I would have one. I would get one for 110 bucks. Yep. First handgun I ever bought was a Colt Python. First handgun I was ever offered was a high point. And I knew nothing, but I looked at it and went, nope. no, <laughs> no, no, I know how stuff is made and this is made badly. Yeah. <laughs> it was 300 bucks and the guy was insulted that I wouldn't pay 300 bucks for it. Wow. Yeah. So I nope. took the Colt Python for 400. Oh, <laughs> that's way <laughs> oh. All right. Let's, uh, Upcoming events? Sure. Sure. All right. Okay. So um, CCFR TACCOM Gunny Night, Friday night, March 23rd. Yep. It's at the Portly Piper Pub. Important so piece of information. <laughs> yes. The location. Just go, no, guys, it's a CCFR Gunny Night. Just go somewhere. 
Somewhere. It's in Ajax. It's across the street from the the um, firearms outlet, and it's at the Portland Piper Pub at six p.m. And we will all be there, except for well, you guys. I I will not be. No, but right. I'll be there. I think I'm going to drive out there. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So, um, got your six shoot registration is open and the website is up. Do we have the website to give to the listeners, or should they, they just got your six shoot dot com? Google Probably. it or Google it. Here, let me Google that for you. <laughs> now, this is a serious. This next one really is in italics, but it looks like I'm supposed to read it anyway. Or no? No, it's in italics. All right, good enough. All right, just making sure the format's still following. So, the eighth annual Podcast Network Charity Shoot is a three day event, July fifth to the seventh. Pre-registration is not required for the actual charity shoot on the 7th, but you need to pre-register for all the other special events that are going on around it. Um, This year's charity is the Dalhousie Regional High School Breakfast Program, and that is a fantastic program to be donating to. I, too, work in the education system and know that many kids benefit from having food in the morning because sometimes they don't. Day one will be the Ferlacci Handgun Fundamentals course. What's that? It's a thing where you and I talk and point at people and laugh and Sweet. stuff. So there's only one spot left. It's $105. No, there, are no, there are no spots left. I'm sorry. Oh, that well, wasn't updated. I'm just Class. reading what's here. So yep. I'm just going to carry on then. Because carry on. It's sold out. It's sold out. If you want a Ferlacci handgun course, listen in a little Later. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up soon to a charity shoot near you. Nope. It's sold out in three days, by the way, Matthew. Pardon? The handgun class sold out in three days. Nice. That's awesome. All right. So day two. July 6th is a maple seed shoot. Um, it's the pre-registration is required. 20 spots. Cost is 50 bucks an adult, 30 bucks for law enforcement officer, $15 for youth. Um, registration starts at 7:30 a.m. and round count is 300 rounds. So apparently you don't pre-register, you show up at 7:30 no. and first come, first serve. No. 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 Oh, no. You right. do have to pre-register, but when you get there, you have to be there for 7.30 for the signing of the waivers. And oh, I see. So show up at 7.30 if you're lucky enough to get pre-registered. And how do they pre-register? Email us? Well, it's, kind of it's done through the Maple Seed website. It'll oh, okay. A couple of days. Is it full yet? It'll open um, in a couple of days. Yes, it'll open in a couple of days. And once it oh. does, it goes public. And then we're hope- yeah, we're thinking it will fill up quite quickly. All right, so watch watch our Facebook feed. Probably we'll probably post a link there and all their. Well, we'll, and the the cherry shoot has its own Facebook page, so we'll put it on there as well. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, you'll you'll yeah. Keep your eyes open if you want to do that. It looks like it'll be fun. Somebody should just put me down there and like spot number one because I'll be there. Uh, day three is the actual charity shoot. Show up at nine a.m. It's twenty five dollars to get in, and there will be four events. The first event will be a mini steel challenge match. The four steel challenge stages will be Accelerator, Pendulum, Smoke and Hope, and Five to Go. These are USPSA steel challenges that can be Googled. Mini round count is 100. Bring 200. There will be three divisions, 22 pistol, 22 rifle, and 9mm and above handgun. So that'll be cool. Can we uh, participate in more than one division, or will there not be enough time for that? Not enough time. So pick one. Dang it. I want to do it in all three. I know you do. I know I do, too. All right, the second event will be a 22 silhouette uh, gallery style shoot. Distance is approximately 18 meters, 20 rounds of 22 long rifle. Shoot five rams, five turkeys, five pigs, and five chickens. Whoever knocks down the most wins. And if it's uh, like anything we've had in the past, there are several ties and we do shoot offs until the ultimate winner is declared. It's exactly like that. Cool. So, third event is a round of trap. 
You got your old bear traps, your mosquito traps, your fish traps, your trout. Oh, no. Shotgun trap. Oh, so we're going to throw the things in the air and shoot them out of the air with a shotgun. So that'll be fun. Your choice of gauge. We're going to shoot some skeets out of the trap machine. (laughs) How many aneurysms did people just have? (laughs) (laughs) One usually does it. (laughs) If it's a good one. If it's a good one. It says here, your choice of gauge. So that's cool. I should bring out the old 410. See how I do with that. Finally, at the end of the day, we will end it with a fun rifle and pistol shoot. Bring whatever you want. Distances between 100 and 200 yards in the rifle range, 18 meters in the pistol range, and on the steel plate rack, dueling tree, hostage target, all kinds of fun stuff to shoot at. All three events will take place at the Rusty Goose Gun Club in Balmoral, New Brunswick. Barbecue provided by Smoke on the Water, which is some delicious food, by the way. Smoked meat, sides, drinks. The invitation letter will be on the Rusty Goose Gun Club website soon. Probably already there. Probably already there. I don't know these things because I just showed up tonight. There will be a Slamfire CCFR pub night in Edmonton, Friday, July 13th. Friday the 13th, Brewsters in West Edmonton. That'd be fun. We should go to that, Trevor. I think we're probably required to attend. Oh, all right then. I guess we'll be there. Uh, people are asking about registration. It's in the Edmonton. I don't know. Please register if you want. For beer? Just yeah. like show up and buy a beer. Show up no, and buy uh, a beer that's actually your- written under the fundamentals part, Matthew. <clears throat> oh, yeah, you're right. Look at that. I don't know how to read. Well, I do. I just don't know how to keep track of what's going on. All right. So, yeah, show up and uh, show up and buy a beer. <laughs> but make sure you're pre registered. Then attend the Ferlacci class the next day. And we are going back to uh, Pontiac. Is that correct, Adriel? Bonneville. Bonneville. Thank you. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> did, we, did we arrange with those guys yet? I think, talk Mark to Mark? Said we were, I think Mark said we were good. Mark, are we good? Tell us if we're good, Mark. And get some out. corn. Yeah. God, not like last time, eh? Actually go no. through some effort this time. No kidding. Last time was sort of like lame. Yeah. Whatevs. <laughs> kidding. Did he get his friend who owns <laughs> yeah, a restaurant to go and get corn yes. at a season? Yes. He, he, went through, he went through fantastic lengths to get me some corn on the cob. It was amazing. Yeah, it was like trying to get maritime lobster in Arizona, and he did it. Yeah, and he did it. The man is a just, he's amazing. Anyway, yeah, it's going to be out there, and it's going to be awesome. You should totally sign up for this class and come shoot guns with Trevor and I, because it's going to be fun. Trevor and, and I, Trevor and me. Trevor and me, my bad. I'll probably be there, too. Adriel, you going, you're coming? Is that okay with you guys? Yeah, yes. I think I think it would be great. Can I bring my sparkly Glock? No. Yes, you. Can. Oh, <laughs> said no. He's the boss. I said yes. You'll bring me there. You'll be teaching apple seeds somewhere in Woodstock. Ah, I got you. It's maple seed. <laughs> I know. Start it. <laughs> All right, that's it for upcoming events. Yep. News. Whoever did some news stuff, start talking. Take it. Which one? There's so many. Just start at the top and work your way down. I guess. Well. Reddit banned gun transactions. Ooh. So, um, yeah. There was a pretty good um, equipment exchange on there. I've bought a couple guns off there, and uh, it's no more. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Did they give a good reason, or just guns no. are bad? Yep. Yep. Yeah. They, hey, um, they updated it. Are you and it was eating? Like, he is eating, yes. Yeah, I'm eating some... And lunch today. Cool. This is my we are right so now. pro here. Look, they get what they pay for, I suppose. It's not a Patreon episode, is it? 
No, no. Do whatever you want. All right. So Reddit, um, yeah, they banned gun transactions in the same update to their thing. They're like, hey, no uh, selling illegal drugs, no prostitution using uh, Reddit, no uh, a bunch of other stuff that's illegal, and no gu- no selling guns. The only thing that's legal. They love, yeah, the only thing that's legal in there, but it, it just gets lumped in with all this illegal stuff. Wow. It's disappointing because yep. I got I got a, a good deal on a couple of guns off there. And uh, well, because no, they were illegal. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I'm pretty sure they're registered. So, you know, <laughs> anyways, that's Reddit. Uh, and then the next one is uh, YouTube uh, banning videos on making guns or making ammo. Uh, yep. I have their policy here. Let's see here. We don't allow content that intends to sell firearms or certain firearms accessories through direct sales. Or links to sites that sell these items. I think I'm hooped. This is why I'm starting to look at like other places to uh, put my videos. Um, yeah, because you're basically reviewing what people can go buy, and then you're and, telling them where to go buy it. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. So I, I don't. Uh, on some of them, I might actually link to Cabell's or Brownells or wherever you can buy this stuff. So um, yeah, yeah. I need to uh, start getting start uploading all my content to uh, Pornhub or whatever. I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a where if you guys have got another suggestion i'm all ears bit shoots uh standard def only um i don't know vimeo is anti-gun as well so where are do you they really videos yeah uh, there's nothing on there so, how hard is it to make a video site we could make our own like gun tube or something hard maybe oh, maybe man. i should email Pornhub and just say look 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 just like don't do the porn that like Put it on its put like gun tube and uh, or yeah. gun hub or something. <laughs> Use the <your laughs> same technology. You guys have all the video hosting stuff ready to rock and roll. Just let us talk about guns and stuff in our own little area. Because uh, well, full thirty is trying, but uh, they're not as big an outfit. Like uh, Pornhub and and that company uh, makes gajillions of dollars, so I'm assuming they have like a lot more money to throw at infrastructure and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Anyways, the other things you can't do on YouTube on your videos uh, provide instructions on manufacturing a firearm. Does that include uh, assembling an AR-15? I don't know. Uh, apparently, because uh, one of the channels that I watch, uh, Daily Shooter, got one of his. He got a strike on one of his videos mm-hmm. putting uh, a stock on an AR-15. Yeah, Not only was it a stock on an AR-15, it was a stock on a com- California compliant. AR-15. So it was a lame, mm. no thumb hole stock thing too. <laughs> and they still said that. So like the uh, bad insult to injury is like terrible. Yep. Yep. Following the, the stupid laws and you get nailed by stupid policies. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else can't you do? You can't manufacture ammunition. I have videos on making man- yeah, ammunition. I just can't wait for my strikes to start rolling in. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Uh, high capacity magazine. Uh, homemade silencers or suppressors. Okay, well, we're not going to do that in Canada anyways. Or okay. certain firearms accessories, such as those listed above, and it's like high-cap mags or converting yeah. a firearm or bump stocks or Gatling guns or conversion kits or any of these things. So I guess we'll have to go back to uh, uh, oh, the Anarchist's Cookbook for, uh, <laughs> for discussing this stuff. <laughs> the Anarchist's YouTube videos or yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. So that's YouTube. It's been a it's been a trying week in uh, the firearms community. I guess so. Yep. I put this one in here. It's not a link, but I just wanted to talk about it. Oh. Wendy Cuker. Hello. She uh, she put out a after the guns 
and Gangs and Guns Summit. Uh, she put out a, well, she was quoted actually in the, the Hill Times to say that uh, that gun control is a gendered issue um, because, well, apparently women don't own firearms. Anyways, so I wrote oh, a little... Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. <laughs> I wrote a little something, something and posted it on Facebook, both in the CCFR page and on my own page as well. And people have shared it as well. So it is something that obviously uh, firearm usage and, and ownership is increasing amongst women. And Mm -hmm. it is um, basically women are the fastest growing group, both in hunting and firearms ownership. And not only that, you know what, we're trying to empower girls and one way that you can do it is through going to the range yeah arm arm them. Them. Yeah, exactly. power like a 45 so that's right misogyny is dumb <laughs> well you have like it's important for women to be involved right because you have people like wendy who's part of the anti-gun crowd right she's a spokesperson for that and the government is listening to her we need women on the other side of the fence as well saying you know what i like guns I'm totally legal with them and I'm able to actually use them in a safe manner and I can use them for, for harvesting my food. I can use it for sports. Look at um, Mary Patrick, right? She's Olympic hopeful. She's trying to realize her dream, just like Canadians. We had Linda Tom who uh, got gold in the uh, Los Angeles um, Olympics. And then you'll also had Marion Bedard who actually does the, uh, the biathlon, right? So, we have a long history of women being involved in our, in our culture, our, in the gun culture. And when to say, you say it's a gendered issue. I believe it's a gendered issue when we talk about guns and gangs. Yes. You know what? I see a lot, a lot of those, um, those people in my line of business, right? They're using firearms in a, in a criminal way. We're not talking about legal firearm owners though. Um, you know what? More and more women are actually getting into shooting. They're getting good at it. And they're also the ones that are now doing things like Canadian Border Service Agency corrections and also police services. They're they're being required to get their license as well before they even start the hiring process as well. So I think Wendy, Wendy needs to rethink maybe that a little bit. So. I just, well, I'm just glad that our uh, the people that are spokesmen uh, or spokeswomen on the other side are just so crap at uh, at arguments because <laughs> she made it easy last week. Really, she did. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. the stuff she was saying about the guns and gangs that you know what she just wants all firearms banned, and it was ridiculous to talk about you know gangs and trying to take the guns out of their their hands so she lost credibility with everybody essentially so yeah if you read any of the stuff on uh the coalition for gun control's website it's crazy it's it's like real crazy stuff uh terrible statistics terrible logic and uh that's good i guess it's good for us yeah makes makes them look dumb yeah we don't really have to help with that (laughs) sorry (laughs) anyways um, yeah, so uh, who wants to talk about the liberals introduced a new gun bill? Mm, probably all of us. about it at all, are they? Yeah. Mm. Anyways. Okay, well, I mean, we could pick it apart piece by piece. Um, one of the things they want to do is change the ATTs. So you still get to go to the range and back with no paper ATT, but if you want to go to the gunsmith or to a border or whatever, now you need an ATT. That's silly. Yeah, it's silly. It'll add extra work. Uh, it's not like the end of the world, but it's kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. Uh, what other ones do they have in there? The RCMP are going to be the 
body for deciding whether something's restricted or non-restricted or prohibited. They are, they're just yeah, losing they the oversight are. committee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they're, they're losing the checks and balances. Yeah. And well, I mean, a, a, liberal, a liberal staffed uh, oversight committee isn't really a checks and balance, though. Yeah. Really. The only check, <laughs> the only proper check and balance to this is having like clear, um, easy to understand law. And we don't have yep. that for gun law in no. Canada. And it's frightening how little our politicians actually know about it. Um, one of the opposition members stood up today and, and he really chastised them, including Justin, for knowing so very little. He was actually tweeting things that were just blatant lies, whether he mm-hmm. said them in purpose, whether, whether he lied intentionally or not, it was just not true. So, you know, anyway. Well, the, the tweet you're mentioning is uh, uh, Trudeau. Buying a gun without showing a license. Yeah, he says you can just like, we're going to stop this today. You can't go buy a gun with a license. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you need a license to go buy a gun in Canada. <laughs> All stores require that you have a pal, at a valid pal to buy a to buy a gun uh you know i'd like to also mention what an awesome job the ccfr is doing yeah rod and tracy are all over this thing rod's been in um, ottawa for a few days now Mm -hmm. um rod and tracy gave a parliamentary interview today they've been doing interviews and meetings with politicians tony was around representing sila and the cssa um, no sign of Sheldon Clare and whether it's true or not, I don't know, but I'll say it anyway. It's uh, hearsay. Neither side of the government will speak to the NFA. Nobody wants anything to do with Sheldon. So Sheldon's not even in Ottawa this week. So how effective is, is that? Uh, maybe no compromise wasn't such a good idea after all. Um, anyway, I'm uh, being petty. The, um, the CCFR is there. They are representing Canadian gun owners in a very positive light, and they are being uh, consulted with and listened to and interviewed, and they are doing their very best to get the truth out um, for Canadians. So, you know, if you if you were on the fence wondering, you know, what's CCFR going to do for me? Well, here's the first opportunity the CCFR has had to battle legislation and they are in the trenches and they are having, they're there to make your voice heard on your behalf, whether you actually join or not. If they have any kind of influence, you're going to benefit from it as a gun owner by default. So, you know, at least support them. Right. Exactly. Um, What other items are in there? Uh, let's see. They want to do an extended uh, background check. So rather than the last five years, they want lifetime. So lifetime of, criminal and mental health. So yeah. you got a, you got a teenager who had to go to counseling um, when they're adolescent they because, yeah. because they were acting out and, you know, in, in therapy, they found out, well, they were abused and uh, that's what was causing the issue and they got counseling and now they're better. Do they really need to divulge that? Right. And if they don't, are they, and it gets found out, do they have their license denied for something that happened when they were 14? It's absolutely ridiculous and not acceptable. If you really want to do something to make it look like you're doing something, move it from five to 10. I mean, that's reasonable. It's not reasonable. Five's fine. But anyway, lifetime. Yeah, is, no, it, it, I mean, 10 is, 10 is more reasonable than lifetime. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Or, like, or here's, a, here's a crazy idea. Call the references and dig into it a little bit. Sometimes they don't even do that, right? We're, we're adding law on here. Oh, it's not going to be five years. It's going to be it's going to be lifetime. It's like, can you guys check into this? Do you have the resources to check into this? 
No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, what's the point? <laughs> you know, it's just making it look like they're doing something. They're if asking you. They're going to be asking you to divulge. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. If, you know. Hmm. Uh, what else was in there? Hmm. Well, the whole transfer of, of non-restricted, everything is back with the exception of a registration certificate. Right. Um, you have to call and complete the transfer. You have to get a reference number. Well, um, so long, though, how do they know that I had the gun to start with? They don't. Well, okay. They, the store for have all to... new sales for shops no. and stuff. No, this no? is in between individuals. Yeah, but the, the, uh, I'm, yeah, but I'm just saying, how how are they originally going to know that what guns I had to start with? You don't have to declare the firearm. You just have to declare that you're. Uh, this is me. This is my license number, and I'm selling this to Matthew. This is his license number. And so gonna, I, do I have? So I'm gonna. They're gonna ask what gun I'm selling to them. No, they're not supposed to. No, not, right. not, oh, not okay. To. Not right. yet. That will so come. So what if? What if? Uh, yep. Yeah, that'll come. That's the thing, right? So it's just going to plain. So here's the thing, and I, and I'm thinking about this. Like this is not something that I would do or or even recommend. But Joe Blow doesn't want to do this, and he just sells something to his buddy. How's anybody ever going to know that he did? They won't. Well, then this is a pretty useless idea, then, isn't it? Because who's yeah, going to comply with that? There's no enforcement. Like the enforcement on this thing is is extremely it's, difficult. It's unenforceable, is what that is. You know, the only way uh, you could get that enforcement action on this is if somebody was stupid about it to brag about it to somebody who yeah. ratted them out. Or they somehow found the store because now stores have to keep 20 years of. Right. Uh, of so, oh, like and get this with the stores. It says that. So Denis has to keep a ledger of everyone he sells a gun to for the next 20 years. OK, he's not required to turn it in. But if he sells the store or the store goes out of business or he just retires. Then he has to hand it in, so they don't lose the records. Good luck. Right, <laughs> huh. right. That stuff down on paper. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, so. That's and and the protection around that is going to be standard. You need a subpoena or or, or uh, a warrant to uh, uh, get that information from store owners. So that's not fantastic. The calling in. So they just they added a bunch of paperwork around this that um, wasn't really necessary, but they still could have done something that made sense. Maybe it would have been like, okay, if you're going to sell someone, you have to call in and verify the person's pal. That would have been cool. Right. That would have been easy, right? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, it being 2018, maybe make a website where I can like punch in some numbers from someone's pal and it magically shows their picture and whether their pal's valid or not. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. And how hard would that be? And yeah. Um, not to cut this short, but we're turning it into a main topic and we're 30 minutes over on our guest. Mm. Yeah, right. I know. Why don't we have somebody on to talk about it? Well, yeah, when it's all said and done, that's exactly what we should do. Yeah. Right. Well, let's let's um, talk. Maybe hit it again next week. I mean, largely the the changes here are a pain in the butt. But like the only the only real risk one that I see here is the RCMP getting ban authority and yeah. going crazy on. Okay, this the A five eight and the and the Swiss rifles are, are toast. Um, yeah. What if they say like, oh, if you if you had a CNC machine and a machinist's degree, you could easily turn an AR-15 into an M16 and make it full auto? Like that's what I think that they're they're you know the risk is there. They get a little bit crazy with the um, interpretation. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, because they tend to do that. But yeah. uh, I don't know. all right. Well, aside from the CBC calling out the liberals for lying, which is pretty hilarious in itself, um, we're gonna move on to the main topic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's bad when the CBC calls you out. Yeah, 
the basically liberals said this is like terrible gun crimes been shooting through the roof but the cbc is like uh actually no <laughs> actually you cherry picked one year and if you compare yeah. it to the any of the other years it's fine yeah that's exactly what they did and that's exactly what the cbc called them all on mm-hmm. which is awesome which is that's funny because that's usually what the cbc does right <laughs> they're like hey that's our game you don't play yeah when you're when you're screwing up so bad the cbc points it out you're doing something wrong yeah yeah you really just yeah yeah yep all right joining us now for the main topic is chad welcome to the show chad hi thank you very much you're welcome very much we're going to talk about the Ferlachi course this evening because uh we're coming back out to alberta to shoot some more handguns and it's going to be fun we thought you'd come on and tell us all about it what what do we do there Shoot guns. Uh, I think we shot some guns. <laughs> we shoot some guns. So you've been, did you go to, have you been to both of the courses that we put on out there so far? Yeah, I took the uh, fundamentals, I think you called it, and the beyond fundamentals the next day there as well. Right. It was just last year, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, Trevor, where do you want to start? I wanted to start with uh, talking about uh, what we do at the course and then uh, and go from there. Um. Yeah, we could describe the course. You you could take us through our curriculum, what we teach on both days, and then we could ask Chad, you know, what he signed up, uh, what his overall experience was, what he learned, what the value, that sort of thing. Sure. So we start off with, um, well, we're doing two-day course again, like we normally do. And, well, like we normally do. We've, we've, we're very experienced in this so far. This like we started doing. On. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So day one is uh, is sort of a fundamentals course, and basically Trevor and I walk you through the from the ground up as if you know nothing. We start from scratch, and we go through safety rules. We go through just your basic: how do you shoot a handgun accurately? And uh, we start off with the students just kind of you do your own thing, just shoot ten rounds of this paper at this distance, and just kind of show us what you got, kind of thing. And then we put that target away and then we start with uh, with what we do. And we, we start right from the feet and go right up to the top of the head and just we, we place feet with the end of the site. Feet, right to the end of the site. Yep. And uh, and and work on grip and sight picture and and all kinds of fun stuff. We do ball and dummy drills. We do a bunch of dry firing. We shoot some real bullets. And yeah, we, we teach what we like to call the fundamentals, the, the basic things that you need to know to do well to handle, control, and be accurate with your firearm. And believe it or not, it's more difficult than you think. And it's not just point the th- gun at the thing and pull the thing and make the thing go down and hit the other thing. It's it's the thing? shooting a handgun. Of, of the three disciplines of shooting handguns, rifle, pistol, and handgun, it's my opinion that shooting a handgun properly and accurately is the most challenging of the three. Yeah, I think a lot of um, people in the industry will um, agree with that sentiment, Matthew. So, okay. Um, what about day two, Matthew? What have we've taught them how to, uh, you know, grip, stand, aim, press triggers, be accurate, be even a little fast. What yeah, kind so of things we start we- to work on speed a little bit on day one at the end of day one, a little bit too, but then day two, we ramp it up a little bit more. We're not talking about just being able to shoot accurately, standing still in a box, pointing down range. Now we're going to start moving a little bit. We're going to move forward, move backwards, start uh, shooting, um, with some some more speed, and, and the emphasis is to not only shoot accurately, but to shoot quickly or quicklier. I believe quicklier is the correct we word tr- there. We, we try and teach you accuracy at speed. Yeah, and so, 
what other fundamentals of shooting a pistol do we teach them? Because there's not just shooting, not just moving. I don't remember. We teach them how to get ammo into the gun, how to keep oh, the gun yeah, running. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And and we even touch on some malfunctions and stuff too uh, as we have time. But yeah, feeding the gun. So loads, what type of reloads do you do? A tactical reload, an administrative reload, speed reload, reload with retention, all kinds of fun stuff there. And this sort of, the day two more trans is, is more more skills that are transferable to shooting games, to three gun, IPSC, IDPA, that sort of thing. So not only is it good fundamental, just pistol shooting skills that a person should have, but also it will help improve your, your game as well. Yeah. And, and day, day two, if you don't know the stuff from day one, you will be behind the eight ball in day two, because we build on the skills taught in day one. It's like you can't learn to divide until you've learned to multiply sort of thing. You don't put the roof up until the walls are on the foundation. Yeah. And even if you think that you're an experienced shooter and go, well, I don't need to learn the fundamentals again. I would encourage you to come out and learn the fundamentals again with us anyway, because we may have something that you haven't heard before, or we may have another spin on uh, an idea um, our training techniques are always evolving. We don't just teach the same old thing year after year. As we learn new things, we incorporate it into the class. And so if you, even if you took the course last year, you may want to take it again this year because there may be something new there that, that you may pick up. And not only that, it's just a really good refresher. Every mm-hmm. single time I've taken a class, whether it's been a, a basics class or a more advanced class, even the basics classes, I've always come out of it never feeling like I've wasted my time. I've always yeah. learned something and I've always, it's, it's been a refresher of some sort. Somehow I've picked up something and it's made me a better shooter. Yeah. Even, even just some extra trigger time um, with someone who's watching you and watching for those bad habits that might creep in is, uh, is really important. So yeah, um, I mean, I know that like when people say like, oh, I don't really need to practice the fundamentals, they probably aren't good at the fundamentals and haven't gone to a training class before. Because yeah. um, I remember myself thinking that same thing, thinking like, ah, I don't need the basics. It's like, no, you don't need that. <laughs> you yeah. don't. And then you know what? Matthew thought the same thing before his Ipsic black badge. Matthew had been shooting a pistol for a long time and he going with black badge going, oh, wow. Yeah. I done learned me some shooting there today. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Now, yeah. um, I'm I'm probably an, uh, an A-class shooter knocking on maybe master for Ipsic. Um, the two guys I beat this weekend were master shooters. Last time I was classified, I was a C class. I pretty sure I'm not a C class anymore. Uh, and I cup though, right? Yeah, definitely. You're a dick. Um, I'm definitely, (laughs) definitely planning on taking a fundamentals class with, um, I'm, I'm actually, Oh, this is a, I guess I'm announcing here for the first time. I'm in talks with Ben Stagger to come to Restigush in October to do his two day class. And very cool. Yeah. A fundamentals class with Ben Stagger? Yes, please. Yeah. You know, regardless of I'd what I think I know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're it doesn't matter that I it, yeah, like you said, Trevor, you're you're an even better shooter than I am. And and you saying that yes, I want another fundamentals class. That's yeah. that's showing that you're a shooter that wants to continue to improve. Yeah. Somebody who says, I know the fundamentals, I don't need to learn that again. Yeah. That tells me you're not really interested in improvement. You think you already know everything you need to know. 
I probably don't want to teach you anyway. Exactly. Yeah. You can watch me all day, Matthew, and you may or may not catch something that I'm doing. As soon as Ben watches me, he's catching something. He's going to. Because he's, you know, in 2017, as Adriel said, he won everything. Yeah. <laughs> he he went to the Canadian Nationals and he beat everyone, including all the open shooters, except for one with a production gun. Yeah. Now dial that back to our scale. You're out there with your buddy shooting pistols, thinking that you guys are doing everything great. Well, you guys are just feeding off each other. Come on out to the class and Trevor and I will be able to point out some things that you can improve on. And we're not going to be, I mean, we're not, we don't want you to come out so we can tell you that what you're doing is wrong. We want you to come out so we can help you become a better shooter. And, and we really do have fun doing it. Yeah. Do we have fun doing it, Chad? Or are we, are we really mean and like, Oh, you guys were taskmasters and uh, I had to drink my sorrows away after the first class. No, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, But why did you have to drag me with you? Matthew ended up doing all the teaching the next day. I really did. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, let's turn it over to Chad. Chad, uh, you took day one and day two. Um, First of all, what prompted you to sign up for our class? Sure. Uh, I mean, I've been a listener of your guys' podcast for a while. Um, I've been shooting handgun for, well, I've had my handguns for over 10 years, um, but it was kind of just a range toy. I'd go pop some holes in some paper once in a while, get bored and say, uh, I don't really like this very much. This is boring. This is stupid. Um, fast forward about eight years, I started shooting three gun and uh, definitely quickly noticed that my pistol was terrible. Um, there's a rifle was not so bad. The shotgun, I was holding my own and I just get up there and blast away with the pistol and, um, embarrass myself basically. Um, so I did take a course, uh, with a private, uh, coach here in Alberta that spring. Uh, and he definitely sped some things up for me, gave me some things to practice, to work on. Uh, but then I heard you guys talking about the course and Matthew touched on it with, uh, taking courses again, even if it's fundamentals, whatever it is. Uh, through other things that I've trained in. I, I, I'm a firm believer of that as well. Uh, so I said, yeah, sign me up. Sounds like a great time. Um, you guys definitely, day one, we covered the fundamentals. Uh, based on the previous training I had, you showed me some other things to think about, some different things to focus on. Um, we definitely saw some drastic improvement just over day one. Uh, and then day two, you know, that just accelerated more coming from that that three-gun background, uh, you know, working on efficient ways to move, quicker ways to reload, uh, even things at the end of the course, I was able to call my shots even before, you know, as they broke, I go, I know that one's bad. I know I need to be thinking about a second one. Um, and it just accelerated things. Uh, now with my, my three-gun uh, competitive, I feel like my pistol is on uh, an equal level to my, my rifle and my shotgun. And that was kind of my goal for last year. And uh, kudos and hats off to you guys. Uh, you guys were a big part of getting me there. Um, as a follow-up to that, I took my black badge course, I believe it was last weekend. And uh, again, covering fundamentals, doing some of that same stuff, but uh, there was no surprises for me there. You guys had uh, anything that I saw there. I was like, yeah, I know this. I've seen some guys talk about this. And in some cases, I know a better way to think about this or execute it than what's being explained to me at this point in time. And that's sort of the idea behind the black badge is you're supposed to show up having already or knowing how to shoot your gun already. Most people treat mm-hmm. a black badge course like a pistol class to teach you how to shoot a pistol, but it's really not. It's to teach you how to shoot IPSC with a pistol. So having already know 
or knowing already how to shoot a, a handgun is, you know, that's going to make the, the black badge class go that much better for you. That's really good. I'm, I didn't know you did that. That's uh, awesome. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. So Chad, uh, put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, so far, the class is, is um, very slow to fill up and uh, frankly, at jeopardy of not having not happening we don't have enough people signed up right now to uh to cover our flights to get out there so yeah um what do you think the reason may be and what do you think we could do about that is it uh a bad time of year it's right after um it's right after stampede i don't know if that really matters because we're in another city um prairie fire is happening that same weekend is that affecting us maybe um what do you think may be causing the lack of well, so so for myself, um, if it was not Prairie Fire Weekend, and if I wasn't already signed up for that before you guys announced the course, I would absolutely come take the course again. No questions asked. Wouldn't even be a thought in my mind. Um, so for me, uh, that Prairie Fire is the issue. But I also know, uh, you know, out of that course we took last time, I don't think there was many three-gunners there at all. Um so maybe there's other factors at play, but for myself personally, and to anybody that's on the fence thinking about it, uh, I would say absolutely go. I would 100% be there if I hadn't already enrolled and signed and you know made travel arrangements, hotels, and everything else for Prairie Fire. Um, I would be at this course immediately. Um, well, that's very encouraging. I, um, I guess I'd like to remind people that although the class will make you a better practical competitor as far as idpa ipsic or, or three gun it's not just about that right um these are skills that you can use to shoot your gun better in any context it's not it's not come out we don't sell it as an ipsic class don't come out and get a an unlicensed black badge that's not what we're doing so if you just want to improve your accuracy and improve your hand gunling hand gunling that's a thing yes i like yep. it hand gunling hand gunneling. Um, yeah. if you want to improve your hand gunneling, we can, we can help with that too. I think it's yeah. gun handling, but I'm no, both French. Funny. I'm both yeah. French and dyslexic. So that makes living oh, difficult. All... <laughs> it makes a lot of things difficult. <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely have a fun time when we're out there too. It's not, uh, it is, you know, we we're very serious with the safety and we're very serious with making sure that we transfer our knowledge to everybody that uh, shows up. But at the same time, we're, we're definitely having some fun. So even if you're just a fan of the show and want to come out and hang out with Trevor and I and, and learn how to shoot your gun better, um, even if you're not a competitive shooter, I'd encourage you to think about coming out and signing up because, uh, like I said, we, we do have a lot of fun. There's uh, quite, a, quite a few shenanigans ensue on, on the range in a, in a very safe and respectful manner, of course. Yeah, and you guys are pretty good shooters too. Like we're on a I mean, show and everything, but you guys are pretty good. Right, yes, whatever. I like to shoot stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you guys are you guys are underselling yourselves. Watching Matthew shoot one handed is just like sick. Isn't it impossible? Sick. <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> frustrating. Yeah, he shoots better one handed than most people do with two hands. <laughs> what do you think yeah. the, the biggest yes. takeaway you got from taking the course was? That's such a great question. Thank you. Um, immediately upon leaving that course, like if you were to ask me at the end of it, uh, it was the ability to call shots. Uh, so when I went into that course, I would have, you know, let's call it a flyer, you know, some shot that was off to the side. And actually, Matthew, even during the course, he'd come and analyze your target. You know, what happened here? And I go, I don't know. 
Uh, and at the end of the course, you know, through their feedback, through their instructions, through the corrections that we made, uh, he could say what happened here. And I could say, I know exactly what happened here. I was rushing my front sight. I had a poor grip. I was squeezing the trigger wrong, whatever it was. Adding further to that, it got to the point where you could feel that trigger break, see that front sight, and you go, I already know that one's bad. Um, and so from, uh, you know, just uh, being accurate, uh, marksman's point, marksmanship standpoint, let's call it, but also from a competitive standpoint, that's incredibly valuable. Um, you can you can make up your shot. You, yeah, you can make up your shot before you even see that you've missed. You know that you've missed. And so you just yeah. go ahead and make up that shot right now. So the previous training I'd done, you know, uh, one of the things they trained me on was always uh, analyze after you've taken the shot, was your shot effective? Do I need to take another shot? Uh, and there's a, a thought process and there's time that goes into that. Uh, but you guys sped me up so much on that before I even was able to see that hole in the target or as I saw it, I already knew not only that it was bad, but I probably had a really good idea of where it was going to hit just based on what I knew I'd done wrong. Right. Um, as a further takeaway from that, you know, further down the road, um, you know, I talked that I wanted to make sure my pistol shooting was as good as my rifle and my shotgun uh, for competitive purposes. Another piece of that is I made a commitment to go to the shooting, the, to the pistol range uh, twice a week minimum all year long last year. And I did that. Uh, but, you know, I used to take the one target I have has three inch dots on it and I shoot those at uh, about 10 yards. And, and I went from uh, I, I'm happy if I can get a full magazine into this three inch circle to now I'm annoyed if the holes don't connect. Yeah. Um, so it tightened up my groups that much further. And uh, that that's huge. Uh, I mean, shooting a pistol that way, I'm not to say every shot connects one to the each because uh, a pistol just isn't that accurate, at least in my hands. But, you know, when you shoot full through 10 round mag, it's one big ragged hole. Um, I actually had a guy at the, there's a small little private pistol club I go to, kind of a, a well-kept secret in central Alberta. And he chewed me out because I was hammering out the backboards too much and all in one spot. And he said, could you start putting your target somewhere else because you're ruining the plywood? <laughs> so to me, that was, that was a huge compliment, but also just a great uh, indication that, holy cow, my groups have really shortened up it used to, or tightened up looked like before somebody had you know kind of pelted it with buckshot and and now it's just one concentrated effort and exactly where i wanted those bullets to be going and uh that's something uh previous to this course i just didn't think i could achieve out of a handgun practiced all i wanted and just you know i was never getting tighter than like i say kind of keeping them in a three four six inch circle and now now she's nice and tight and, and if they're not i can tell you why they weren't I'm not guessing, sitting there scratching my head saying, what happened? And that's part of what we like to teach is we like to, like you said, we'll go down the line and we'll not only just tell you what you've done wrong, we'll ask you and we'll start to teach you what it is that you need to look for to understand why it went wrong and how it went wrong so that you can improve yourself. It, it's not about just us telling you, you've done this wrong, do this and it'll be better. It's us being able to transfer to you the fact that this bullet didn't go where you wanted it to. And here's why. And, and if you can analyze that and you can figure out why, now you're going to be able to continue to improve yourself even when we're not around. Now you're not reliant on us to make you a better shooter. You can continue to improve yourself, which clearly you have just listening to you speak in the last couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's... Go ahead, Cesare. Oh, no, I was going to say you hit the nail right on the head. It's, uh, you know, it, it's not anymore a guessing game. What happened? Was it bad ammo? Was it this? Was it that? Was it any number of excuses? It was the answer is always, it was me. 
but not, you know, oh, I'm bad at this game or, or whatever it is. It's I know exactly what I did wrong and I know exactly how to fix it. And, and you know, then the I'll, I'll make a note in my I'll make a note in my shooting journal and say, next time I come out here, I need to work on this thing because I'm consistently seeing this mistake. Yeah. Right. See. And it's not it's not about being able to place the blame on something else or or even, you know, it's not about being able to accept the blame, but it's just to understand that shooting a handgun is hard. There are a lot of things that have to go right for the bullet to go where you want it to. And to, to be humble, I guess, enough to understand that that's not going to go perfectly for you every single time. And to be willing to analyze your own shooting and go, crap, man, my stance was way off today. Or my grip is just, it's the craps. I gotta, I gotta work on my grip strength or something. Um, to, to be able to understand that those are your problems and those are your issues and to be willing to work on them. I mean, that's, that's huge. I think one of the advantages that Matthew and I have going into this as instructors is working in the education field. We're trained to know when learning is occurring. And one of the things that we look for is we know someone has learned if they can articulate back to us in their own words, what it is we think we're trying to tell them. And if they can teach it to somebody else. Yep. So the fact that you can call your shots means that you understand the fundamentals, you know, which fundamental broke down and that's why the shot went where it wasn't supposed to. And you know, when we say call the shot, we don't mean walk up to the target after you've shot a bullet into it and identify what went wrong. We mean that at the time the trigger breaks and the bullet leaves the gun, you know where it's going to impact the target because you understand more the connection between you and the firearm and the relationship between you and the firearm. So you certainly seemed like you, uh, you got a handle on it, uh, Chad. And that's one thing yeah. that, that uh, lets you shoot faster yeah. uh, because if you're firing and then looking or that firing, you're like, did that work? Did that not work? Sometimes like going really fast, you're pulling the trigger um, as your sights are coming down on target and you'll get that sight picture of whatever that sight, the, the, the sights looked like before you broke the trigger. And you'd be like, whoops, that one was a little bit high. Maybe I'll put another one down into the target. Yeah, that yeah. flash sight picture that, that you pick up on real quick. Yeah, you, you know, just as the trigger, just as the gun goes boom, you you kind of get a snapshot of where your what your sight picture was and you can just kind of tell, yep, mm -hmm. didn't, make, didn't make that one. Well, <laughs> Let's do another one. <laughs> Yeah. I'd heard Trevor talk about it at the uh, the course, and actually at the end of the black batch, we had a little uh, three or four stage mini match, uh, and it's the first time I'd experienced it because with the three gun stuff, a lot of time it's further away or it's uh, you know accuracy doesn't matter always as much in that sport. But doing the mini match, um, I, I probably not using the same words Trevor used to describe it, but you're running through, you're engaging an array of targets. And it's not even so much you're thinking about that front sight, squeezing the trigger, anything, but you're seeing the holes appear in the alpha as you think about it. Going like, geez, I don't even feel like I aimed. I don't even feel like I pulled the trigger. And look at that. Look at these alphas appear one after the other after the other. What a cool feeling that was. It's, it it's becomes second nature. It was the first time I experienced it. Yeah. And it's now wicked, I want to experience eh? it again. Did oh, it's amazing. Find, it's almost like things are in slow motion when that's happening. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I often look like I'm in slow motion when I'm shooting. <laughs> I wasn't going to say I'm glad you did. <laughs> well, we did that video, too, where I was pretending to be in slow motion. You remember that? That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of the things you'd mentioned there is just the ability to train other people. 
Um, I was at the uh, the range on Saturday. And I, was, I was shooting at the Pistol Bay, and um, some guys were out there who hadn't shot a lot. And uh, you know, I showed them a couple of things. Uh, one of them being the ball and dummy drill. Um, the one guy was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm not just not getting that accurate." And I'm like, "Oh, let, let me see your gun for a second. I want to show you something." And then uh, distracted him. Uh, didn't load it, and I'm like, "Okay, here's your gun. Uh, pop a shot into this uh, square over there," and watched him push it down to the left. And it's like, "Hey, that's what's going on." Now you can see. Uh, what you're doing. Um, here's a couple things that you can do to try to work on it. Right. And uh, it's a, it should be like an, an uh, exponential effect, right? You guys train some people, those people can now um, at least perform like basic training to their friends and family. They'll, they'll yep. know when they see a flinch, they'll know when they see a bad grip, they're able to uh, help out with that. They're able to draw a line on their thumbs where they shouldn't be. <laughs> and uh, favorite, you know, um, get some better shooters out there. Cause yeah, pistol shooting is hard. And uh, a lot of guys out there, I think they just buy a pistol. Uh, they get a membership to a range. They go shoot it every once in a while. And they're like, boy, pistols suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is dumb. I hate this. It's not like Hollywood at all. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, I think a few fundamentals is, though. It becomes fun real fast. <laughs> the other thing about taking a class is you're shooting under someone else's conditions and it's not like they are setting you up for failure, but they're setting you up to see a couple of hard truths that you often don't see yourself in practice because um, we like to protect our ego and we like to be good at stuff. So we do the things that we're comfortable at and we do the things that we're good at. Many, many shooters never practice prone, never practice weekend or strong hand because it sucks and you don't shoot as accurately. And so it's hard on the ego. So as a result, you avoid doing it. Um, we see lots of people who have never taken a class show up to a black badge or our class and all of a sudden, the th things aren't working for them, but things always work in practice. We even see uh, guns start to show their breaking point because mm -hmm. they've never pushed themselves or the gun that far before. They've never put that many rounds for the gun in practice before. Uh, they show up with 1911s without any oil in them, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, something else to keep in, keep in mind when considering taking a class is, you're going to be shooting under somebody else's conditions and terms, not your own. And you may have your eyes opened. Yeah. yeah. And take, not in a bad way. way. <laughs> yeah, nothing's more frustrating than trying to, trying to learn and be taught something and have an unreliable. Gun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But I fixed it. it is rough. Yep. I think that's the only gun we've worked on in a, at a class. Wasn't it, Matthew? What was that? Oh, I had to work on that uh, guy's 1911. What? That doesn't make any sense. 1911s are the epitome of accuracy and, and reliability. As a matter of fact, oh, they are. I've had, uh, <laughs> I've had an XD um, have problems in the, in the firing pin uh, channel uh, before. And just this last um, last week, I guess, there was that, that issue came up again. So I don't know. Like I'm, I'm kind of curious. XD shooters out there, if your firing pin channel gets, uh, gets dirty, that can cause failures, I guess. I've seen that happen a couple times now. Weird. Yep. Weird and XD not working, huh? And it's really like low parts count, super easy to take apart. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that the FNS <laughs> like the trigger the trigger control pack on an FNS is not is not the uh, super simple and reliable either. Helen Keller would have an easier job taking that gun apart than I do. <laughs> it, it is the devil. It, I love the FNN FS. 
FNFNS, but man, I don't think I've ever done a detail strip on one in under three hours. Yeah, the trigger, a... the trigger kit is a nightmare. Yeah, compared with the Glock, like I, I pulled mine off so I could do the sparkle job here the other night, and it was so quick, so easy. Yeah, I used Minutes. to have a, a video on my YouTube channel of me detail stripping two Glocks blindfolded, Adriel. Like, it's a joke. Did you put the right part in the right Glock? I did, yeah. Oh, is one of them? Does one of them have the wrong connector in it? <laughs> no, one was a twenty-one, and the other one was a thirty-five. Oh, all right. So, anyhow, well, um, what do you think, Matthew? I think people should sign up for our course and come shoot guns with us because it's gonna be super fun. Although Chad won't be there, so I'm bummed. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, anybody that's thinking about it, absolutely, you should. Um, so, is it fantastic? Working? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. So invest in the training as opposed to buying a new gun, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, buy a new gun too, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is but it instead of? For the... <laughs> yeah, but if you got to pick, yeah, pick, do the pick the training. What's the point of having two guns you shoot poorly? Exactly. Yeah. Have one gun that you shoot really well. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then buy another gun. Right. When yeah. you learn to shoot fairly well, then you can do what I did back there behind my shoulder there. Yeah. Yeah. Buy and, a bunch and, of. And literally years go by without some of them being shot. <laughs> well, you've got the ones that you like to shoot, right? That's well, just you got your competition pistols, and if you shoot competition, that's what you shoot. That's what mm-hmm. you shoot. Like you, mean, yep. you, you could literally shoot ten rounds through one gun in a season and not touch the other ones. Yeah. Do you have cool. favorites like Matthew? I'm your favorite. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I like Adriel and. No, I like it better. And Chad, too. Chad's been Chad's favorite. Cool. Yeah, of all the hosts, hosts tonight, Chad's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I don't want to sound like Kelly, but we should move on. All right, let's move on then. So, Chad, are you sticking around or are you leaving? Well, it doesn't matter to me. I got nowhere to be. Keep them. Cool. Well, on let's let's keep them. We're going to do some listener feedback then. And, Trevor, you're not reading this one. Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm so um, glad you're back, you condescending prick. I <laughs> do, look condescending means I'm talking down to you. <laughs> so I missed you so much. All right, mute your mic while you laugh. Uh, this, first, <laughs> this first email is from Spencer, and he writes, "Hi guys, I'm finally catching up on my podcast backlog, and I thought I'd send a quick email." I hate to be a downer right out of the gate, but I can't say that I'm a fan of the new live video recording process. As someone who listens via podcast, the sound quality has really gone down the tubes compared to uh, earlier, however uh, you were doing it before. You also tend to show things on camera without really describing them, which doesn't make for great radio. I think we're getting a little better at that. At least tonight, Trevor did a little bit. Um, I'm also curious on what gave Trevor the idea that teachers in the U.S. would ever be required to fire or carry a firearm. Let me jump the right only- in there. Yep. Let me just take it one part at a time. Um, the email that I was responding to was, you know, pros and cons of teachers carrying firearms. And um, I was so just taking... You, yeah. I was taking so, the position that it's... Uh, I'm not under the impression that teachers are required to... My point was if their employer required them to. Right. And as I said, so, yeah. if, if I had the choice to carry one, um, I yeah, would. Being, if yeah, I was required ha- to, yeah. I would go get another choice, job. 
having the choice is different than being required to it. And yep. teachers should never be required to carry a handgun because teachers are teachers. They're not security officers, but there right. are certain people like, well, I'm not going to, there are certain people who have the mental um, ability and the skill set to carry a firearm and be a teacher at the same time. And those people who choose to like many, many people do down in the States um, that is fantastic. Uh, they have that ability to not only teach their students, but they have the ability to protect their students as well. Yeah, and that's, sure. you know, that's a higher calling for sure. And that's not for everybody. But I think what Trevor's trying to say is he wasn't taking that stance. He was simply responding to it if that was the case. Mm-hmm. So I think we should continue with the email, though, because he does have some really interesting points here. And we just want to make sure that everybody understands that Trevor is not and doesn't have this mindset. <laughs> so. He continues on saying, in reality, there are eight states, including Utah, that allow carry by staff and parents on school grounds so long as they have a valid carry permit. Guess what states have never had a school attack? And we all we all agree with that. We all know that gun sh- uh, school shootings don't happen where people carry guns. It's it's an obvious deterrent. Well, they don't last long if they do. They don't know. There have been many cases, actually, of school shootings having not occurred because somebody has stopped them with a firearm. Um, And we don't hear about those because they're not sensational. And so Fox News and CNN don't pick them up because who cares? Only one person died and it was the bad guy. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, Yeah, you you just heard about that most recent uh, school shooting where there was one dead and it was the shooter. That's right. A resource officer let him have it. Yeah. Yeah. He was there. He didn't wait outside and, like, see how things went. He went in. Yeah, actually. I heard the school shooter shot himself, but who the hell cares? It's like typical. He was met with armed resistance and did what they normally do. Yep. He didn't shoot up a bunch of other kids. So I don't, yeah, I'm fine with that. I don't, I think that's the best result because now the security guard doesn't have that on his conscience anymore. That's correct. Yeah. So um, anyway, it looks like more states will be amending their laws in the future to allow school staff to carry. But no one is talking about forcing teachers to be armed as part of their job. And that's that's common sense. And that that makes sense. And we are all for staff who choose to and who are qualified to to carry firearms to defend the people who they work with or or teach. Right. Um, On a more interesting note, I picked up one of the Ruger PC carbines last week. And so far, it's been great probably one of the best ways to shoot nine mil I've run across recently. So far it's worked with every Glock, Magpul and KCI Korean mag that I've got, including the 33 round ones that can be a problem for some Glock based carbines. It takes down just like a 1022. And while I haven't been able to go beyond 50 yards, it's pretty accurate right out of the box. We should mention Spencer's in the States. So he's shooting high capacity. Um, I can call it 33. I can can call it 33 round of high capacity. Oh, yes, you can. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, he's shooting full capacity and and high capacity legally because he is in the States. Um, The trigger is also surprisingly good. It's not a pure 1022 trigger, although it can uh, use some of those parts. But the stock trigger is more than good enough for an all-purpose carbine like this. Oh, I'm sorry. He is from the States. Sorry. An all-purpose carbine like this. The <laughs> adjustable length of pull is a nice feature, and it did great with my 9 mil suppressor on it. Just rub it in. Just, just, ah. Uh, 33 no rounds and suppressors. Uh, no problem cycling and no gas blowback in the face, which is something the AR9s tend to do. I paid $4.99 US for it, and it took two weeks to come in, but I'm betting by summer they will be off the shelf at four fifty dollars or so maybe even 400 on sale. I also heard that the CEO of Ruger talk about other calibers on the gun talk radio show a week or so back. And he specif- 
specifically talked about 10 millimeter as being one of the hot calibers right now. Given that High Point just released their 10 mil carbon, I wouldn't be surprised if Ruger updated their PCC once they catch up with 9 mil orders. Thanks for the show and Screech, Buzz, Squeal, Pop, catch up soon. Spencer, P.S. See, it's annoying when you go full robot in the middle of a sentence. Yeah, sorry, man. Mm-hmm. I, I was not part of the process that uh, agreed to this whole live thing every week. So blame the other guys because I'm totally, totally <laughs> copping out of this one. Just <laughs> Well, strictly speaking, we could do both. We could record and do the vi- live video thing. Right. Mm. Well, well, that'll be something that we'll take into consideration if we get more complaints about the audio quality. We probably just need better internet connections. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Adriel, do you want to read this one from Tim? You bet. From Tim. SFR peeps. Trevor's discussion about armed teachers prompted me to correct the record on what the rationale uh, states here in the U.S. or rational states here in the U.S. are proposing. First and foremost, it is not being proposed as a compulsory at all. And we just went over a few minutes ago how Trevor didn't actually think that was the case. He was just responding to an email. Yeah. Uh, First and foremost, it is not being proposed as a compulsory. Uh, Teachers would be armed and trained only on a voluntary basis. A license to carry would be only, uh, only would only be a qualifying factor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Most states would require training that would mirror the equivalent of, or more than what local police are required to do. That's a good thing (laughs) because whatever they're required to do isn't a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, If Ohio is of any indication, Hundreds of teachers are volunteering for this, faster classes, uh, not only to protect themselves, but their students as well. Any environment where an active shooter can operate unopposed is just as much a threat to the teachers as it is to the students. There's a huge motivation for caring teachers to be involved. The bottom line is that any reduction in casualties that an on-site teacher or SRO, school resource officer, can affect is considered a win. The reality is that even if an innocent is accidentally wounded or killed by a teacher or SRO, the consequences of not having one there may be many times worse due to the contact and response times of local law enforcement. This uh, reality was emphasized by Ed Monk in his active shooter threat and reaction lecture at the Rangemaster Tactical Conference in Little Rock, Arkansas this past weekend. I've attached one of his slides covering this. These teachers know damn good and well what they're getting into, but they don't want to have happened. uh, What happened in Florida or Sandy Hook or Columbine happened to them. And thank God they feel that way. Rant over. And thanks for listening, Tim. God bless Texas. Thank you, Tim. We, we pretty much agree with everything you say here. Yeah, I believe. I believe. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. We've got an iTunes review. We Kelly, did. you want to read? You want to read an iTunes review? Uh, sure. Okay, so it's an iTunes review from uh, Raj Soon. It's a five star rating. It said, "Great podcast." The review is just recently you talked about how nice it would be if hunters would speak up when the government introduced gun legislation. Which I understand this and I agree, but how many of you guys spoke up about shooters? Uh, as shooters uh, when British Columbia banned the grizzly bear hunt. Hunters and shooters need to stand together as a hunter and a shooter. I, as a, sorry, need to stand together as a hunter and a shooter. I stand with you and I stand with the hunters. 
All right. Yep. We all need to stick together for sure. Um, when did I see? I haven't been here for what British Columbia banned grizzly bear hunting. Yeah, a couple yeah. of months ago. Uh, CCFR was at least you know supporting posts on their page about that. Um, Is there are the grizzly bear numbers down? I think it was more of a theological banning than yeah. a practical one. Because typically, when oh. uh, like the the resource officers will just give fewer tags. Like right. once when you give this to Fish and Wildlife. They manage the resource. They give tags according to how many they have. Uh, we don't strictly need like uh, provincial or municipal governments banning these kinds of things because they're already handled well. Um, whenever you see yeah. the government taking these extra steps, usually it's because they don't like hunting. They don't like the idea of yeah. people hunting grizzly bears. Well, grizzly yeah. bear, if there's, uh, if there's too many grizzly bears, people will die. Yeah, well, well, the grizzly bears, bears will die, right? I mean, if you get a, a bubble in the population, too many of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, then they they eat all the food and they run out of food, and then you have you know, um, rather than a, a sustainable population, you have these dips and valleys of you know, population booms and then busts. Yeah, there's a reason why we're allowed to hunt the species we're allowed to hunt. They're either at or beyond their carrying capacity. Now. That's right. Um, First Nations won't be affected by this, Matthew. So there'll still be bears oh. being taken. So, yeah. You know, but I don't know how, you know, how prominent the grizzly bear hunt was among First Nations peoples out there. I don't, I don't, I mean, mm. it's not something you hunt for food. Um, a lot of the grizzly bear hunting that was going on in BC would have been through outfitters and they would have been making lots of money. And yeah, the no local kidding. economy would have been making lots of money. So, no kidding. It's just like hunting lions in Africa. It's not about killing a poor defenseless little lion. It's about stimulating the economy and giving jobs and, and work to the locals. And it's managing. Huge, yeah, and managing the population. I mean, there are so many advantages to hunting that yeah. it's you not shoot just an old, about killing an animal. You shoot an old bull giraffe, um, you take a picture with it, and they want to you know, lynch you. Yeah. Never mind all the permits and the money and the guides that were paid and the meat went to a village. Yeah. No, you know, but yeah. uh, a thousand people starved to death in that country that, that nobody that cares. More, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Wonder half and the internet loses its mind. A bunch of yeah. bloody freaking hypocrites. People yeah. don't, you know, they don't have their heads straight on straight. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, if you'd like to, uh, was, was that your that? clock 17 long? Was that the long boy? Yeah. You betcha. Thinking Did you put any modifications onto it? it? Oh, Zev threw up all over this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Those of you uh, listening and not watching, we're talking about Chad's Glock on uh, on on the video here. Not just any Glock, a 17L. Yeah. Oh, well, it's only the third one I've ever seen. Yeah, those are rare. Yeah, you rare. and I saw one at the range one time. Joey yep. had it. Yep. And then uh, there was one Halifax. Gail Pepin has one, but I've never seen hers. Now his. Well, the reason we don't see very many of them is they're not legal for uh, production in uh, Ipsic. And why right. else shoot one? Well, exactly. If you don't have a, you know, your thing will fall off. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. All right. So if you want to leave a review and start a random rabbit hole discussion, like um, Rajun, Rajun, Raj, Raj, buddy did. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and go to iTunes. Uh, sorry about the fact that you have to do that, but um, leave a five star rating. We have 165 five stars so far. That's pretty cool. And leave a review and we'll read it and we'll discuss it. So thank you very much to those who have and uh, shout outs. Jay Hines for the Magpul stock and grip to help me finish my SLR. 
my SLR is sitting on the floor, all stuck together. The parts all laid out where they should be. Uh, the scope and everything, just waiting impatiently for my upper and lower to arrive. Yep, cool. Adriel, anybody? The clicking going on in their audio. Yeah. Anybody here? That fan. It's huh. gotta be. Uh, it's gotta be Chad. Uh, Spencer's gonna just lose his mind. Yeah, Spencer's gonna lose his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer. I have a shout out. I have a shout out for Greg May and Tommy Hangry. I just wanted to say thank you guys very much. Uh, they have been helping with the youth program for Project Maple Seed. So a special thanks to them. Cool. Yeah. And Brian has a shout out to Rod Giltaka. Thanks for the kind words. Sir. That should have been taken out. Too bad. There it is. Yeah, he's going to well, thank him again. Brian, if you don't update the show I notes, this, you, your stuff gets read. I'm just saying. Hey, Matthew. Hi. Do you have a, a shout out? Because you're no longer on there. You just got totally taken off there. Mm-hmm. I don't No, it's. I, see, I wanted to skip past it and then come back and rant about the fact that my name wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, she's good like that. <laughs> Thoughts How about you stuff? Call the people who checked in uh, on you while you were away. Oh yeah, sure. Like no, them, uh, right? shout out to everybody who's uh, contacted me and congratulated on the baby and and sent their well wishes and and support and whatnot. Um, all the little cute little baby outfits that have come my way. We've even got some camouflage for her. It's uh, yeah, no, it's been the, the support's amazing. You guys are all awesome, and uh, looking forward to introducing her to all of you at the range. Uh, charity uh, shoot. The charity shoot. Yeah. Cool. So, She'll be big enough to go to the range by then. Get some little ear protectors for her. She won't be too close to guns, but still. And uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be super cute and all kinds of fun. So, so yeah, thank you to everybody, Patreon supporters. We have eighty two of them, and there's a new Patreon, Mike for three hundred eight, and Sean T for a hundred. Is that the official Sean T? Shante. Shanti. Yeah, Shanti. I don't know. I, uh, that should be 10. It is 10. It's not 100. Yeah. It's did not I say 100? Yeah, Sean's yeah. like crapping himself right now. Holy crap, did I say 100? <laughs> I didn't mean 100, guys. I'm at 10. Sean, you're good. It's 10. But that's good. Thank you. Yeah, 100 would have been nicer, but you know, 10's good. So Patreon supporters should have received patches in the mail. If you haven't, send us your email and or send us an email and we will uh, we'll hook you up. You can go to patreon.com slash slamfire radio if you want to look into that. So please join one or more of our National Firearms Association, such as the CCFR or the CCSA. It's important to support those who support us. Go shoot some Ipsic or Maple Seed or come to a Falachi class. That'd be cool. You could totally do that. I know where the one's going to be. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, I guess watching chad thanks for joining us and hanging out no problem thank you no thank you thank thank you no, trevor you. for being on your phone and not listening thank i you. heard every word you said you thank chad and you said some stuff and thank you shut up trevor thank you kelly for coming and thank you adriel no thank you <laughs> no thank you all right thank you i guess we'll catch you guys all next week or something i won't be here but i'll be back again eventually on a regular basis just I, it's, it's complicated so if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. <laughs>
I don't think he understands the signal. I, I got the signal, but then you guys started laughing, so I didn't know what to. I was like, "Well, I'll wait for the laughing to stop because you know you can't have that in the show." Oh, do I start? Okay. 